Somali forces, backed by the international community, have been fighting Al-Shabaab for almost 20 years. But the armed group remains powerful in central and southern Somalia, even carrying out attacks in the capital Mogadishu. Now the government is launching a major offensive to retake territory. President Hassan Sheikh Mahmoud is personally championing the fight. But Al-Shabaab isn't the only challenge facing the government. Prolonged drought, political divisions, and the rise of autonomous regions pose major problems. These are some of the topics that we discussed with the Somali Prime Minister. Hamza Abdibarwi talks to Al Jazeera. Prime Minister of Somalia, Hamza Abdibarri, thank you for talking to Al Jazeera. Let's start with the latest development. You launched a military campaign against Al Shabaab, the most significant since 2016, but suddenly the army decided to pull out. Is it a tactical move or what? The decision to wage a war against terrorism, namely Al-Shabaab movement, who are labeled as Khawarij or dissidents based on fatwa handed down by the scholars of Somalia, this decision was not a spur-of-the-moment decision. It was resolved more than one year ago. The fighting was at the beginning within the capital. Now we speak about fighting hundreds of kilometers away from the capital, Mogadishu. Fighting continued, and the army pulled out, then launched an offensive. It is hit-and-run tactics. This has been always the case since the fighting began. However, this time it was heavily reported by the mass media. Currently, most of the pulling out by the army was tactical moves. Fighting was fierce as we reach the strongholds of those terrorists. Now, they wish to prove their existence and undefeated. However, I believe these withdrawals were tactical moves. The president has stated this clearly as he is on the fighting field. Many of the troops have restored their posts. These were merely tactical moves on all the fighting fronts. It was merely tactics, not full withdrawal. If it's a tactical move, why would you suddenly pull out from Ildair, Asagwai, Galad, and Budbud, which you just captured a few, few months ago? If you look at these moves within these areas, it was not all at once in Verjud, Al-Kawthar, and these areas within this vicinity of Budbud, even in Budbud themselves. This was not the first pulling out. It was hit and run. 
pulling out followed by an offensive. As I said, these were tactical moves, not a full withdrawal from the fighting field. In addition, these areas were not fully-fledged cities. These are rural areas, mostly uninhabited or even a dozen of homes here and there. These were not heavily populated cities. Again, the stand of the government and the army was based on this hit-and-run tactics. But still at the same time, Al-Shabaab managed to stage a counter-offensive, and they are now in control of Oswani in Galmaduk, which the army took over for a short period of time. Is this why the president is now very upset with the military, saying that we made some mistakes and I am now going to be the man to lead the fight against Al-Shabaab? The president of the republic was always on the fighting field. He has been always on the battlefield before this city was captured by Al-Shabaab. This area is a forest region totally uninhabited. It is a large and vast area, and it is not a fully-fledged city. It is a jungle, and some of the armed forces troops were stationed there. Fighting there was very fierce, and the terrorists were defeated. Again, this was followed by tactical move of withdrawal by the army. The terrorists imagined they would have been able to capture the capital, but fighting in this area, it is a totally uninhabited forest area where some army troops were stationed. Before the latest terrorist offensive on Oswani, the president was within the area leading the fight, and as we speak, he is still there leading the fight, and he will continue to lead the fight until those Khawarij or outlawed dissidents are eradicated. In August, the army managed to capture the town of Ilbour, which has been under the control of al-Shabaab for 15 years. Is the army able to maintain control of the, of the town? The strategy of the army at the moment is to eradicate Al-Shabaab movement, to uproot it totally and completely, to wipe it from the face of the earth. There is no intention among the army to take control of the city. The army is willing to cleanse the homeland from this cancer. The army will continue to maintain control over the city until Al-Shabaab movement is totally annihilated. Al-Shabaab movement is basing their fighting on the guerrilla war. And now the army is adopting the same strategy, pulling out of the city, hunting Al-Shabaab operatives in remote areas, in rural areas, and Currently, it is a guerrilla war in remote areas, uninhabited areas, forest regions where Al-Shabaab movement operatives are stationed.
President Hassan Sheikh Mahmoud made it clear that he is determined to defeat Al-Shabaab in central Somalia. As you know, when you defeat an armed group, you will have to rebuild an entire area. You will have to build schools, you have to put an infrastructure, you will have to bring security forces to maintain safety and security. Is that possible? Do you have the resources to do so? Rebuilding these areas and reinstating basic services to residents of these areas who have been reading under the brunt of Al-Shabaab for the past 15 years is a massive challenge. It is a huge challenge faced by the government. The Somalis people who used to reside in these areas have been reeling under the brunt of those terrorists over this long period of time. As a matter of fact, education was absent, potable water was not there, hospitals and other basic services were almost absent in these areas. After liberating these areas, this big question arises. This is a daily challenge we are facing as a government. You must remember when President Sheikh Hassan Mahmoud said, give me five months and I will get rid of Al-Shabaab. This is a very critical moment for the country because the African Union transition mission in Somalia, the ATMIS is, is putting out its troops, which is going to be completed by December 2024. Do you think that the Somali National Army and security forces will be able by then to maintain security across the country? It is true. It is a huge challenge. And when the president made such a statement, he clearly understood the magnitude of this challenge. He managed to build an army of 10,000 fully trained and well-equipped troops. The African Union troops pulled out and were replaced by Somali troops. The withdrawal of these units was smooth and organized. I believe we can shoulder the responsibility of security in Somalia, and the security must be in Somali hands. If you look back only one year, Within one year, we managed to liberate the area from Mogadishu to Auswini. We are speaking about more than 300 kilometers. In addition, we managed to liberate more than 80 villages and directorates. And I believe we, within a few coming months, can liberate other cities and towns. After a year or so, only a few pockets of those Khawarij or dissidents will remain within Somalia. The war against al-Shabaab has been going on for quite some time. And many people would say what Somalia needs now is not a military option, but a political one. Are you willing to talk to al-Shabaab for a permanent political solution to the problems of Somalia? It is true that we are faced with the most robust terrorist organization in the world, 
We realize this fact and we also understand that this war was not a war of choice. It was a war of necessity. As I said earlier, we cannot remain standing seeing hundreds of our fellow Somalis being killed, bombarded at the hands of Al-Shabaab movements who have been perpetrating these heinous crimes. We have a role to play. We have a responsibility to shoulder. We are a state. We are a state authority. We are not like them. They are blood suckers. We are not. Killing is not our aim. However, our responsibility is to restore order. And at this moment, we are not fighting against fellow Somalis. We are fighting a whole world, the American, the red, the white, the fair skin, many, many foreigners and foreign operatives. So what, who should we talk to? Talk to the Americans, to the Africans, to the Arab, to non-Somali? We, we, we don't know. Therefore, to begin with, those must be driven out of our home soil. Those foreigners must be forced out. Then we must restore the state authority and sovereignty. Without sovereignty, we cannot establish peace. We should restore the rule of law across all our homeland. After that, we are prepared to have the Somali radicalized Somali young youth to be reintegrated into our society. Many of those radicalized Somalis were young or they were faced by massive ideological tide and religious tide. If they realize their fault, they are welcome. They are uh, our fellow Somali citizens. We are prepared to sit with them, discuss it with them, and have them integrated in our society. Prime Minister, you know that peace comes along with reconciliation. This explains why President has been saying that reconciliation is going to be one of his top priority. Would it be possible to convince people in Somalia that a one Somalia is still possible when most of the autonomous regions remain skeptical of a centralized government based in Mogadishu? The President, Hassan Sheikh Mahmoud, has a well-designed plan. Reconciliation is part of his plan. Somali-Somali reconciliation, reconciliation uh, with the heads of directors or provinces. We had no problems. We agreed to join forces in fighting those Khawarij or outlawed dissidents and to rid our home soil of them. We agreed on many of the items listed on the agenda in terms of the constitution, which have always been contested issues. We are in total agreement. Is there any general agreement that the provisional constitution has to be finalized anytime soon? 
صحيح ان هناك بعض It is true. There are some disputed issues, such as justice, the system of rule, the system of political parties, the elections, the electoral process, security. All these issues were agreed upon as we managed to reach an agreement on most of these issues. However, other items from these agreements were raised. The president has summoned the former heads of government and other officials into Mogadishu, and all these issues were put to discussions. We all had a consensus that the provisional constitution must be finalized so that our country has a full-fledged constitution. But we're talking about a country which has always been divided along tribal and regional lines. Just to give you uh, an example, among many, many others, the conflict in Lassanut, which is disputed between Khatoumou State, the autonomous region of Puntland, and Somaliland. You're not getting a sense that the Somalis are willing to set aside their differences and move forward. First of all, we don't have any racial problem. It is a tribal one, and there is a big difference between racial and tribal disputes. Somalia is a tribal society. However, I can say that I believe that our country is united and our home soil is part and parcel of the Republic of Somalia. We, the federal government, are always adamant to maintain the territorial integrity of our homeland. It is a constitutional responsibility. We wish all the Somalis to live in harmony. You often say you are determined to build a genuine, vibrant democracy in Somalia, unity and reconciliation. Why would you shut down social media platforms such as TikTok and uh, Telegram? As I said earlier, we are faced with the most robust terrorist group in the world. They are using advanced platforms of social media, namely the Telegram and TikTok and other platforms. As a matter of fact, we believe that many of Al-Shabaab operatives are using alias names in order to exercise pressure on the government and also to spread their vicious and dangerous ideology across our country. On the other hand, our youth are peaceful, unarmed, and innocent, and they are being subjected to a high tide of ideological warfare. Very frightening, in fact. That's why we did our best to stand up to them 
across the social media platforms. However, all the measures we have taken were in line with the Journalism Act, which is valid in Somalia. But this is not what your critics are saying. Your critics are saying that you using the explicit violent extremism, the content on those platforms, plus the moral conduct as an excuse to say that we want to shut down those platforms, when many argue that the main reason is that you don't tolerate dissent in your country. The Somali people are fully aware. They know the president, they know me, and they know our government. We are known for our support and advocacy for democracy, and we can tolerate opposition. We are not exercising any pressure on the opposition. However, we are in a war against very vicious terrorist group who are totally taking advantage of the social media platform. That's why the government is in close audit and review of all these measures. And I repeat, all these measures were in line with the law. We did not and we will not target a particular political figure or opposition figure. And I am certain that our government has never adopted this stand. Let's talk about another issue here. Somalia is a country that has been grappling with long-lasting droughts. The country is facing an unprecedented fifth consecutive failed rainy season. The UN is saying that from April to June this year, seven million people in Somalia would likely experience high levels of acute food insecurity. Is climate change the biggest threat to your country? Uh, yes. As a matter of fact, the climate change is the Somali people depends on the animal wealth, the livestock wealth, which can be easily affected by the drought. When there is drought, many of the livestock are exhausted. Many households depend in their livelihood on the livestock. Therefore, once they lose their livestock, they will head straight to cities, massive exodus to cities. And this is one of the major reasons, the massive displacement from rural areas into cities is. It is a problem we are faced with. And as I said earlier, over the past 12 months, many problems were faced. We were on the verge of a famine in some cities. We did our best and we managed to salvage our fellow Somalis by the relief aid extended by our brothers and friends. We are not currently faced with a famine. However, it is still a threat. And as I said earlier, climate change is the second largest threat to al-Mujahideen. The Prime Minister, you're young. The expectations of your own people are very high. But Somalia is one of the poorest and most unstable countries in the world. And you depend to a great extent on foreign aid 
Do you believe that Somalia could turn a chapter, start a new one, put an end to the political divide, to the fight against Al-Shabaab, and offer its own people a better life anytime soon? Uh, uh, this is true. The Somali people are suffering poverty, ignorance, backwardness as a result of civil war, followed by fighting and wars of different agendas and different types. However, I can state that Somalia is not an impoverished country. We have many natural resources. Somalia has a very strategic geographical location. This is an advantage, and this enables us to attract many foreign investors. I believe within a very short span of time, Somalia can turn into a well-advanced, progressive country, and our people can restore welfare, prosperity, and much better than they are living in at the moment. Prime Minister of Somalia, Hamza Abdibari, thank you for talking to Al Jazeera. Thank you. Thank you.